Welcome to Passion Life Church. We're going to get into God's Word. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 91. We're continuing a series called Refuge. Refuge. And let me say this as we begin to dive in. If you couldn't catch today's broadcast, you can go on YouTube. Man, subscribe to our new YouTube channel. It's Passion Life Church Marietta. And I want to encourage you, share these messages. People need to hear the good news. There's a lot of bad news. We need to hear the good news. We're about to dive into the good news of Psalms 91. Psalms 91 is an incredible promise of God's protection for you and I. Psalms 91 verse 1. Let's do this today. Let's read it out loud. It's on the screen, but I want you to read it. I want you to profess, right? The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so we're going to hear the word of God by us confessing it over our lives. Psalms 91 verse 1. Let's, let's read it together. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Come on, I can't hear you. Lift up your voice. My God and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lies waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall, may fall at your side, but ten thousand at your right hand, but that shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge even the most high your dwelling place no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Today, I want to talk to you about using some fighting words in today's time. I really feel like today and this week as I was praying for you that I want to help some of us get our fight back. I want to help us get our fight back, get our roar back. You know, sitting at home sometimes it's easy to just turn on the news and get depressed and get down and lose this sense of fight, this sense of urgency that you and I need to have because we are living in unprecedented times uncertain times. I mean, things are changing moment by moment. I mean, I want you to think about this. Just about three weeks ago or so, you and I woke up to a fight. We woke up to a fight and we didn't choose the fight, right? I didn't choose the fight. You didn't choose the fight, but we woke up in a fight. 
For many people, it's the fight for their health now, right? Now, for some, it's the fight for finances. And what's happening in our society is they don't know where to turn. They don't know where to look. I mean, many people in our world right now are coming to the realization we don't have answers. Hmm. We don't have answers in our great country. And I love our country, right? And in this great country with all the technology, I want you to think about this with all the technology we have through all of our scientific and medical breakthroughs, we still don't have a vaccine. We still don't have answers. But can I tell you what's happening is people are starting to come to the end of themselves. And here's my prayer that when we come to the end of ourselves, we'll come to the knowledge of God. See, our great country isn't great just because of the people in the country. Our country is great because of the God that we serve and the blessing that is on our country. And here's what's happening. This virus is showing us that you and I, the world, we need a supernatural refuge, and we have it. You know, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him. And I'm just telling you in my spirit, I'm so excited and I want us to get our fight back because I'm telling you what's happening. You know, God is doing so many things and we need to focus on what he's doing. You know, just about two weeks ago when they had said that we couldn't gather, you know, as a church. In, in Marietta, you know, we rent a high school there, uh, Vista Marietta High School, and uh, we rent there every Sunday. But as they said that they, we couldn't gather, well, as Passion Life Church, we don't have the equipment. We don't have the resources to go online. But hey, we're online. Hey, we are broadcasting live. And you know what? Just in all of that happened, problems were happening. Guess what? there was an opportunity for us to now reach more people, double the people, and even more people that we are reaching on a Sunday by gathering. So we're going to continue to do both. But I got a text message from Isaac, my uh, uh, a family member, and he said, hey, we were just talking. He said, I have all the equipment to go live stream. And he, I said, yeah, well, that's great. You know, we don't have it. I'm glad you have it. You know, and he said, well, yeah, but I, I, you, I'll, I'll set it up and you just... You just, you just preach. And I said, well, how much is that going to cost us? And he said, don't worry about it. He says, you know what? We'll, we'll do it for free. And in a moment, God opened up a, a, a window of opportunity for us to be right now in your living room. And I'm saying this to encourage you because the enemy is coming in. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But God can open doors that no man can shut in your life. And I'm telling you that what's going to happen is people are going to start running to church. They're going to start running to God because of this. Oh, the enemy is coming in. Let's not be fooled. This is not the judgment of God coming on our lives. No, this is the enemy. How do I know it's not the judgment of God? Because the Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what this virus is coming to do. It's coming to kill our lives, right? It's coming to steal finances. But I want to tell you, God's favorite math is multiplication. And God restores anything that the devil will steal. And I'm telling you this by the Spirit of God, that as we start to become back to gather together, that people are going to start to run to God. The devil shot himself in the foot because 
because God is going to restore more than any of us have lost. And that's what I'm excited about. I want us to get our, our fight back. And for you and I as children of God, here's the great news. We have a supernatural refuge and it's the presence of the Lord that provides this protective shelter refuge for God's people. And that's what I love about Psalm 91. And today I want to talk about having some fighting words. You know, I picked out three titles for this message and maybe you can kind of pick out the title. Here's one of them, fighting words. Here's another one. There's a miracle in your mouth. I like that title too. And then there's another one that I like to say, uh, words are for warfare. And I want to talk to you about having some, some fighting words this morning. You know, anybody who knows me knows that I'm an incredible basketball player. Anybody who knows me, they know that I'm an incredible basketball player. Like I am outstanding at playing basketball. You can see, if you look at my body, I am built for basketball. I mean, seriously, I, I have the body of an incredible athlete as you look at me and hey, I see you laughing. Don't, don't be laughing. Listen, and you say, Pastor Phil, how, how high can you jump? Probably a good three inches I could jump. Well, Phil, are, are you fast? No, no, I'm, I'm not fast. When I play basketball, they call me turtle. Come on, somebody. I, I'm not, I'm not real fast. Phil, can you dribble like LeBron James? Nope. Actually, I can't dribble like LeBron James. Now that I'm 48, I'm actually drooling. Come on, somebody. But no, no, no. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. What makes me great at basketball actually really has nothing to do with basketball, but it has everything to do with what I call word warfare on the court. I am an expert trash talker. When I get on the field and you get on the court with me, listen, and we'll play, I will say anything to distract you. I told a guy one time that his own mama said he was ugly. Yep. Made a grown man cry and we won the game. And you know what I learned when I get on the, the court? That I can actually win with my words. Listen, I don't have to be exceptional at all of these other things, but if I can just use my words, right, I can win. And there's a principle there in the Bible. See, a lot of times battles in our lives are won and lost with our words, with the things that we are saying We started reading in Psalms 91, and the words are so descriptive of a fight. Listen, I mean, when you think about it, it talks about refuge. It talks about shelter. The the words are so descriptive. Terror by night, right? Arrows, flying, destruction at noonday. Man, we're in a fight today whether we like it or not. And, you know, I say that because I've talked to some people who they're like, you know, Phil, I just don't like conflict. You know, I'm kind of like Switzerland. I'm just neutral. I'm very neutral. You know, I like conflict. Listen, the devil don't care whether you like conflict or not because he wants to steal kill and destroy. The coronavirus doesn't care whether you like conflict and you want to be like Switzerland or not. It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why when you read the Bible, there's fighting words in the Bible. You hear words like fight the good fight of faith. Why is it a good fight? 
It's a good fight because we win, but you gotta have faith. There's words like we wrestle, be strong. There's words like we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, that is fighting words. But let me just tell you about this fight that we're in. Are you ready? This fight that we're in, the great news is Jesus already won the fight. It's a good opportunity to say amen. Jesus already won this fight. Here's the great news. I don't have to achieve a victory in this coronavirus. I don't have to achieve the victory. Jesus already won the victory. Coronavirus is defeated in Jesus' name. But here's my responsibility. Here's your responsibility as a child of God. We are to enforce the victory that Jesus already won. Come on, that's good whether you're saying amen or not. My responsibility, I don't have to defeat it. It's already been defeated. We've got to have that perspective. And as children of God, we need to be enforcing the victory that Jesus came to give us. But let me just tell you, here's where the battle lies. Let's expose it today. The battle is for your faith. The battle's for your faith. Paul said, I fight the good fight of faith. Here's what fear's doing. Fear is coming for your faith. Like no other time, the coronavirus is exposing what we believe. What do you believe, right? What do you believe? The battle is for your faith. So here's the reality. Why is it the battle for our faith, Phil? The battle for our faith is because faith accesses everything that God has for us. It's only by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So why is the enemy going to attack your faith? Because faith is the access point that gets the miracles that God has for you. So watch this. We can sit back and we can start to feel like a victim. Oh, I'm in my home. Oh, I'm a victim to this virus. You're not a victim to anything in Jesus' name. By faith, you are a victor because of what Jesus already did. I refuse, ladies and gentlemen, to be a victim. I refuse to sit in my house and be afraid, right? Because let's tell the truth. Today, there's three responses to this. Number one, you are either going to be in fear. Number two, you're going to be passive. And I say passive because some people are totally in denial. Faith is not passive. Faith is not in denial. People are dying. People are sick. Come on. That is the fact. But the third response is we can be in faith and you get to choose. Now you may say, well, I'm just not going to choose. Well, that's a decision that you're making to decide not to decide is still a decision. Yeah, it is. And so we are either going to choose one of the three fear, cower back, being passive, whatever happens happens, Kesara, or we can stand in faith that accesses the victory that Jesus already won. I'm going to stand in faith. And so the battle is for your faith. But watch this. Faith, right? To be faith has to have an expression. Faith to be faith has to have corresponding action. That's why Psalm 91, verse 2, we read it, and I want to focus on this today. Moses, who wrote the psalm, says this, I will say of the Lord. Listen to that. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Keep that slide up. Listen, look how personal 
He's making these promises. This is what we have to do. We have to make this promise of protection for our lives personal. He says this, I will say. You know, that's why when we come on every Sunday, we're reading the psalm together out loud. Because what we are doing is we are saying, right? And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Our confession is faith's expression. Let me say that again. Look, our confession is faith's expression. Let me tell you what faith is. Look, faith is believing in something that's not seen as though it is already a reality. And then we speak it until it manifests itself. Let me say that again. Faith is believing what you believe right now is so important. It's so important. And faith is believing in something that is not seen as though it is already a reality, then speaking it until it manifests itself. Listen, we may not see a cure right now for this coronavirus, but I want to tell you this. It's already taken care of. And the truth is, we have to believe, although we don't see that it's already a reality that healing is in place because of what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago. But watch this. The psalmist says, I will say of the Lord. I want to ask you a question. What are you saying of the Lord in this time and this hour? Listen, what you say has incredible power. Well, Pastor Phil, I'm listening to you. I love what you say. I love what the Bible says. That's great. But I want to ask you again, what are you saying of the Lord? You know, I have a pastor friend and he tells a story that when he was a youth pastor, he was walking down the hall and he had an intern that he saw was walking. And as she was walking, man, she did not look good. She looked sick. And he said, hey, are you sick? She said, yeah, I'm sick. And this is, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so. And um, he said, well, let me pray for you. Let's believe God. We have a God who heals. And this is what she said. She said, no, don't pray for me. She said, listen, God is trying to teach me a lesson by giving me the flu. This is what she's saying of the Lord. And I love what my friend said. It's so classic. He told her, okay, so Jesus came to this earth. The word was made flesh dwelt among us. He came to this earth, died a brutal death on the cross, rose again, went to heaven so you and I could go to heaven and not hell. So Jesus comes to take hell away from us to give us back the flu. Does that even make sense? Does that even make sense? That doesn't even make sense. Jesus took hell away from you so you could live the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. But what do you say of the Lord? Because what you say of the Lord matters. This is why the psalmist is actually repeating God's word back to God. And he's saying, you're my refuge. You're my shelter. And then I love what he says. He's verbalizing his trust. He says this, I trust in you. And we talked about last week, that's how we dwell in the secret place, right? Trusting is actually resting in God, and that's good. But here we need to verbalize our trust. We need to say it. My church family, I want us to understand this truth because 
You were created to function like God. We have a speaking God. Anybody grateful we have a speaking God? We have a God who is speaking, and he's still speaking today. But if you look in the very first chapter of Genesis, the very first chapter of Genesis, you see, right? The Bible says the earth was empty, it was void, it was dark. Now, watch. God looked at the earth that was void, empty, and dark, and he didn't just desire for the earth to take shape, right? He didn't just desire a creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, you already see God speaking. And look what he said. He said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. Verse 4, and God saw the light that it was good. I want to read this again. There's, there's a revelation here that we need to see. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light, right? And God saw the light and it was good. Now watch this. God didn't just will and desire that there be light. God spoke into it. God spoke into the darkness. He didn't just be quiet and go, oh, I wish, you know, the world would form. That would be so nice because those are desires. Those were, that's his will. But he didn't just desire it. He spoke it. Listen, before God saw that it was good, he said it was good. Let me say that again. Before God saw that it was good, he said it was good. Let me say it this way. Why did God see that it was good? God saw that it was good because first he said it. My church family, there's a revelation and there's a truth in this that before we see things in our life, we need to say things over our life. Let me say that again. If you don't like what you're seeing, it may look like there's darkness all around, just like God created the earth, right? He didn't just look at it, but here's what he did. He spoke into it. And when he spoke into it, he saw that it was good because he said it was good. And I want to know today, what are you saying? God saw that it was good because God spoke and released faith into darkness and it became good because of what God said. You know, when you look in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3, it says by faith. So faith, when we speak, is being expressed. Your faith is being expressed when you speak. It says by faith. We understand that the worlds were framed, how? Look at this, by the word of God, by the word of God, not just by the desire of God, it was by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of those which are visible. Look how the Passion Translation says this. This is so good. Hebrews 11, 3. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is. Oh my goodness. Wow, this is good. We're learning, right? Because this is really what faith does. Faith, we are not supposed to walk by what we see. But you and I are in a world that we see, but we are of a world that is unseen. 
How do we make the unseen come into what is seen? By speaking into it and expressing faith. Faith changes the atmosphere. Faith changed darkness to light. Why? Because God spoke it. Come on, somebody. He spoke it. And here's what we need to realize according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. When God spoke it, the worlds were framed. We've got to realize that our words are framing our world. Let me say it again. We've got to realize that our words are framing our world. And I wonder, I wonder what effects your words are having on your world. I wonder what effects your words are having on your family, on your own life, on your children. You know, God's intent was always that you and I be his representative on this earth. That's why you and I are supposed to enforce the victory. When God created Adam, here's what he did. He put him in this garden, and here's what he said. Adam, I want you to name all of the animals. In other words, Adam, use your words. Use your words. So Adam is standing there, right? He's naked in the garden, he's looking around, and he hears something, and Adam's like, hmm, what should I name that? Maybe I'll name it, hmm, I'm going to name it a bee. And God's like, bee, I love that. Good job, Adam, using those creative juices. And then he looks around, he sees this little thing flying around. It looks kind of weird. And he says, hey, I'll call it a fly. God's like, that's good. It flies. Call it a fly. I love it, Adam. You are my representative in the garden, being creative and using your words. See, I just want to speak to some people that are passive in this time. We're in a fight. You can't be passive. And you say, well, Pastor Phil, I'm just not going to say nothing. You know, I desire for things to get better. I want things to get better. Well, they're not going to get better until you speak them and you speak what you believe in your heart. I'm, I'm really shocked sometimes as a pastor. I've been pastoring for 25 years when I hear people talk and the things that they say. I heard people say, you know what? I get the flu every single year. And can I tell you, as long as you keep speaking that over your life, you will get the flu every year. But can I tell you today and speak some life into you? I have never had the flu in 48 years of life. I have never had the flu. So I've never had the flu and I'm not going to get the flu in Jesus name. You say, Pastor Phil, well, which one is right? We're both right because what you speak into the atmosphere, you will see in your atmosphere. I'm amazed how I, I hear people say, well, you know, there's just no opportunities out there. Oh, there's opportunities out there. But if you keep speaking like that, you're not going to see opportunities. Oh, you don't know. I hear a young lady say, I'm never going to get married. You know, all the good guys are taken. Really? You know every single guy in the world and they're all taken. I was talking to a young lady. She said, you know, I'm just a single mom. Are you? 
Do you desire to get married? You're young. Well, I do desire to get married. Well, you need to stop saying that you're just a single mom. And you need to say that I speak into existence that God has a man for me. Come on, let's have a vision like the Old Spice commercial, a white horse and a man coming in on a white horse, bare chested to swoop you up. And Mr. Wright coming into your life, you need to start speaking what you want to see. And let me just say, I want to speak faith into your life today, not fear. I want to speak growth in your life in a time of famine. I want to speak protection because I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in him will I trust. Come on, just take a moment and give God some praise right there where you're at. Come on, find a tissue and wave it in Jesus' name, right? Don't wave toilet paper, just wave some tissue in Jesus' name. The truth is we're speaking what we believe. You want to know what people believe? Listen to what they say. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You are speaking what you believe. If you don't like what you're seeing, change what you're speaking. Let me say it again. If you don't like what you're seeing, change what you're speaking. Do you know what's so amazing is that the greatest miracle that can take place in a person's life, which I believe, is when a person will receive Jesus into their heart. And you know how that's done. You know how it's done, ladies and gentlemen? By believing and speaking. Romans chapter 10 verse 19 says that if you will confess, that is speaking. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? What are you doing? Are you, are you, are you being saved because, are you being saved because you just said something? No, of course not. You're being saved because your faith in speaking is accessing what Jesus did on the cross, that you are forgiven, that you are a victor. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, and since we have this same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. And you say, Pastor Phil, we're in tough times. I feel like my faith, my, 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 my faith is fading and I don't know what to do. Can I encourage you? Speak God's word. Speak it until you believe it and speak it until you see it. Let me say it again. Speak God's word until you believe it. Speak it until you see it. See, we all have a self-talk. I think you're actually normal if you don't. You're, uh, you're not normal if you don't talk to yourself. We all talk to ourselves. And I would dare to say that the greatest voice of influence in your life is your own. But here's what we got to do. We've got to take God's voice, his words, and make it our words. Pastor Phil, I don't, I don't know what to speak. Can I encourage you? Just say what God has already said about you. That's why the psalmist in Psalm 91 is just saying back to God, you're my refuge. You are my shelter. And I want to close today with a couple of thoughts because we need to speak God's word. And I'm going to tell you why, right? When we speak God's word, here's what we're doing. Number one, we are literally invoking the presence of God into our situation. 
That's what God did. He spoke into darkness. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am weak. No, the Bible says, let the weak say what? I am strong. So I speak strength into the weakness. Woo-hoo. Come on. We can't just say, well, you know, I'm just weak. No, in Jesus name, you are strong. Let me speak strength in Jesus name to your body. Let me speak healing into your body in Jesus name, right? Because here's what the psalmist was doing. The psalmist, when he said, you are my refuge and I will say of the Lord, right? He was invoking the presence of God into his life and all around him. You say, Pastor Phil, what do you mean the presence of God? When you speak, look at what John 1, 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Watch this. And the Word was God. The Word was God. <coughs> See, I want to encourage you. I think this is why prayer is so powerful, Right? People talk about, well, I just like to pray in my head and just like to kind of, you know, I think about it. Of course, God can read your thoughts. He did. Jesus read people's thoughts. But can I tell you, God wants us to speak. And this is why prayer is so powerful. We need to pray Psalm 91. But as a representative of Jesus Christ on this earth, prayer is our earthly license for heavenly interference. You want heaven in your house? Speak it. Release faith in your life, in your house. Speak over your kids. I speak over my son all the time. You are the favored of the Lord. You are mighty. You are a mighty young man in Jesus' name. You are strong. That's why when the angel showed up to Gideon, he says, hey, mighty man of God, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, what? Who, who are you talking to? Because Gideon never said that over himself. The best thing you can do is pray God's promises back to him, but also speak them over your life. You know, Jesus said something so powerful when he was asked about prayer and how to pray. Jesus said that we are supposed to pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, I am determined to live a heavenly life on an earth that is not so heavenly, but I'm supposed to pray that. Why pray? Because when you pray, you are opening up your mouth. You are expressing your faith. I want heaven in my home. I want heaven in Marietta. I want people to experience the presence of God. And so when I speak, I'm invoking the presence of God. Sickness cannot stay. Come on. Depression cannot stay in the presence of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. Here's number two. When I speak the word of God, God performs it. God performs it. Jeremiah 1 12. It says, God is watching over his word to perform it. Now, so many people, instead of speaking faith, they're speaking how they feel all the time. I just feel, I just feel. Now, can I tell you something? God is not obligated to bring your feelings to pass. God is obligated to bring his word to pass. You know, when I look at David in the Bible, he did pray feelings. He unloaded on God. The Bible says that we're supposed to cast our cares unto the Lord. So I believe that even in our prayer, you know, sometimes as I do relational counseling, I see this a lot in couples. And one of the things I've learned and I can encourage you is, you know, before you just unload on your spouse and everything that you're feeling, I'm just 
feeling and I feel and I feel and I feel and I feel before you get to all that. Can I just tell you, sometimes we're unloading things on our spouse and we're expecting them to be our therapist, our doctor. There's one great physician. And one of the things I've learned that even sometimes before I talk to my wife about stuff, I talk to God first. Because you know what? God can handle my feelings. And so there is a place when we come in prayer that we can unload. David talked about how he was discouraged. He talked about his feelings. But let me just tell you this. What God will perform is his word, though. And so there is a time where we're casting our cares, but there's also a time in prayer that we need to speak God's word. Now watch this. Here's the great thing. I don't have to perform God's word in terms of making it come to pass. I just have to speak it. God performs it. Let me say that again. I speak it and God watches over his word to perform it. Now, some of us, right, we can't even remember what we told our kids yesterday. And we're not necessarily even watching over our own word to perform it. But God is watching over his word to perform it. Let me just say this. You know, in Bible college, I went to Christ for the Nations. And I had a preaching class. And, and they were telling us, and I'll never forget this. But our preacher, our, our, our coach, our teacher said this. He said, whenever you're preaching, just you need to know this. You can tell stories. And stories are good. Jesus told stories. He told parables. But he said this, and I'll never forget this. He says, you can tell stories, but you need to know the only thing that will not return void and that God will perform is the word that's in the message. And that really stuck with me because God, right, watches over his word to perform it. And the Bible says this, that his word never returns void. Jesus said, if you have a mustard seed of faith, that's the smallest seed, a mustard seed of faith. Watch this. If you will speak to the mountain, not just talk about how you feel about the mountain. Oh, the mountain is big. Oh, you know, there's a lot of trees on this mountain. Oh, and let me tell you what a mountain is. A mountain is anything that stands between you and the promise of God. He says, if you won't just think about the mountain, if you won't just desire for the mountain to move, there's a lot of people who desire the mountain to move. That's not how it works. He says you have to speak to the mountain. Now, you may say, Phil, I, I need more faith. It's important to feed your faith. Today you're feeding your faith. But he says a mustard seed. That tells me use the faith that you have right now. Speak the word that you know right now. Get into God's word and speak it. Now, listen, listen, this is good. I don't have to move the mountain. I just have to speak to it. I don't have to move it. I can't move mountains. But God can move mountains. And when I speak, what am I doing? I'm expressing faith into the atmosphere. And that accesses God's power. And mountains will move. I want to encourage you. Speak to the mountain of lack. Speak opportunities in your life. Come on, speak for those diagnoses to move in the name of Jesus. And here's the last one. I'm hoping you're glad that you turned tuned in today. Here's the last one. When I speak God's word, the Bible calls it the sword of the spirit. Number three, it's a supernatural weapon. The word of God is a supernatural weapon. Now, I want to be honest with you. We are facing a supernatural enemy. Oh, yeah. The coronavirus Right. And to be honest, we, we can't see it. It's not like you can see it in the air. We feel it. We see the effects of it in our lives. But I know that this is coming from the enemy because 
You look at the fruit, it's stealing, it's killing, it's destroying. And I want to help somebody today as we close. You can't win a spiritual fight with natural weapons. You can't. You cannot win a spiritual fight with natural weapons. And here's what we need to do. The devil is a spirit, right? And John 6, 63 says this. I love what Jesus said. He said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. Spirit and life. Ephesians 6, 17 says this. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Now watch, it's going to tell us what the sword of the spirit is. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the word. And again, he's giving us this vivid picture. These are fighting words, ladies and gentlemen, the word of God, sword of the spirit, man, that's a weapon. And you and I need to start using the word of God as a weapon, right? A weapon. Why? Because when you speak God's word, it penetrates spirit. It penetrates into the spirit world. Not just your own words, but the word of God penetrates into the spirit. So God's word pierces into the spirit realm, watch this, and enforces the victory that Jesus already won. Now you can just talk to the devil on your own, but that's not going to have any power. I want to say it again. You can't win a spiritual fight with natural weapons. You have to use spiritual weapons which God has given you in his word. Can I just encourage you? There is a miracle in your mouth. If you will open it up, can I just encourage you with the old saying? Listen, if you can't say anything good, then don't say anything at all because your words have life effect. You can speak life or you can speak death. Why would anybody want to speak death? I'm going to tell you why I want to speak death right now. I want to speak death to the coronavirus. See, we have the power to speak. I speak death to sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. Apart from that, I'm not speaking death. I'm speaking life. But you and I, death and life lies within the power of the tongue. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 91 verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. And look how personal he is, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Ladies and gentlemen, let's speak the word of God. Let's speak. Let's use the word of God as a weapon in this world in Jesus' name. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? I just want to pray for you. You know, I don't know where you're at. I don't know who, who thought to share this with you today, but they thought of you. They were thinking about you. And I don't know where you're at today with God. And it's important. We need to know this is causing a lot of people to examine themselves. I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about it. If you were to take your last breath today, would you be able to open your eyes in heaven? You can. Why? Not because of your works but because of God's grace that has been shed upon you. And how do we respond to God's grace? We respond to God's grace through faith, saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need your salvation. Would you pray with me for just a moment? I want to lead you into the prayer of salvation. And it's going to be exactly like Romans 10, 19 says, we're going to confess with our mouth and we're going to believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead. And he 
died so we could be forgiven of our sins and we can be saved. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word today. It's true. Lord, it's right. Father, it's spirit today for our spirits. And Lord, I pray for every single person watching and hearing the sound of my voice from the podcast. We speak life in Jesus' name, death to the coronavirus, life, your life, healing, prosperity, blessing in the name of Jesus to your people. And if you have never prayed this prayer, I want you to pray it with me. Say this, Father God, come on, repeat after me, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Father God, I pray that today I repent of my sin. Jesus, come inside my heart. I confess you as Lord and my Savior. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, I'm going to live for you. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you're a child of God. And maybe somebody shared this with you and you don't come to Passion Life Church. Get into a good gospel church that's preaching the word of God. And last but not least, listen, I would love and we would love to connect with you. Listen, email us today at info at passionlifechurch.com. That's info at passionlifechurch.com. We'd love to pray with you and keep in touch with you. Listen, next week, part three of The Refuge. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Share this with somebody. We love you and God bless you. Keep speaking God's word. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.